I decided not to be a victim. I decided to take my life in my hands and see what my part in this whole story is and how I can change it around that it is something good for me. Be authentic. Go off the beaten path. Define what success looks like for you. That all sounds awesome sauce, doesn't it? But what does working and living on your own terms actually look like in practice? The Leading Rebels podcast is here to offer some answers. Every two weeks, you'll hear inspiring interviews with badass women walking the talk and my own actionable advice to help you find, own, and tell your story. I'm your host, Catherine Dell, a storyteller, founder, and book nerd that's passionate about amplifying women's voices. Now let's dive into today's episode so you can become a leading rebel in your life. Hey the Rebel, welcome to this episode of the Leading Rebels podcast. In this episode on Rebel Moves, I'm talking to Elizabeth Ippel, who actually has a really interesting story slash stories to share about one of them being deported from the US, but there's much more to it and it's much more interesting to see what she's done since then and what her outlook on that experience has been. And I don't want to take too much away, so I'm going to jump right into saying hi to Elizabeth. Hi. Welcome for being on the show. I like to start actually with asking something a little bit more random. So you're currently in Portugal and you surf. I know that fact. So did you go surfing today or are you somewhere where it's not that easy to get to the waves? I didn't go surf today and it's very easy to go surfing where I am. So it's really good weather today for surfing. So there's no excuse for not surfing today. It's making me more jealous because it's actually pretty much back to winter in Germany now in Berlin. We had a very short warm spell and now it's back to being very, very cold. But <laughs> hopefully it'll also warm up at some point. I send some sun. Yes, please. Definitely. So maybe do you want to just share with the listener a little bit about yourself, just what you're currently doing, and then we'll backtrack and see all the great things that got you to where you're today. Okay, so yes, I am living currently in Portugal and my main uh, job or passion is I'm a PR expert, public relations, and I support innovative startups and projects that they fly, that the world knows about them. And that's like my main thing, what I do worldwide. And this I can do from here also here in Portugal. So that's great. I can do this really every day, every night, the time zones doesn't matter. And then, but my my passion also is yoga and I teach yoga here in Portugal and I do also yoga retreats and that's right now what I do here and I offer yoga retreats in September and October and I want to share my experiences what we will talk about in these yoga retreats with other people so they learn from my experience. Oh yeah, that will definitely go take back to that. And also, I'm, uh, I also love yoga. I try to do at least uh, a little bit every day and it definitely makes a cool. huge difference on the day. So yes, yes, yes definitely yes. on board for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, we're going to be the same life because I also did not do it today. Like you with the surfing, I had no excuses. Yeah. I didn't do yeah. it today. So. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes tomorrow. there is a day you don't do it and it's totally fine. It's yes. also good. So you definitely have, uh, uh, I'm going to say quotation marks, a lifestyle or a life that you've built that a lot of people admired would love to have. But of course, you didn't just start with this. What were the three rebel moves that got you to where you are today? 
That's a very interesting question. And I think it's very difficult to pinpoint them like this. You know, I had to think a lot about this. And I would say just to be concise, because if not, I kind of trail off. I stopped working in my highly paid career job with a very, very big German worldwide corporation. And I stopped that job without having a plan B. I just said, I can't do this anymore. I don't want anymore that other people tell me how I should change and then they don't change. So I was employed as a change maker and I was not able to change anything. And that was kind of like really frustrating. So that was my first point. My first rebel move, I would say. Then another one was that I sold all my belongings after my first husband finished our relationship out of the blue. And I just, I sold everything. So what I own now is like, you can put it in one van, a little van. It's like six to seven boxes. And that was my second rebel move where I'm like, okay, what do I do with all these things? I don't need them. I don't need them. And then the third move was that After being deported from America, and I think we will go through this again, I decided not to be a victim. I decided to take my life in my hands and see what my part in this whole story is and how I can change it around that it is something good for me, that I learned something from it and then I can excel and be more powerful than I was before. I definitely admire that. And, and I think it takes a lot of strength and time to reflect to get to that point. And I literally want to talk more about that. But I also wanted to start with the first move that you said, because as you said, you know, you're also German and especially stopping something very safe without having a plan mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> is not necessarily something that is promoted, let's say. How did the people around you react to that? How did you have the strength to still feel like it's going to be okay? Like, I don't need to have this completely planned out start to finish. That's a very good question because I, before doing that, I did already other things like this. I'm somebody, I don't think so much in the future. I'm more like, hey, this doesn't work. I have to change it. And then I try to change it. So I really said, hey guys, I'm now here. You have these expectations of me to be a change maker, but you have to give me the resources. You have to give me the responsibilities. And they said, no, we can't give it to you right now. And then I said, okay, I'm not living on this earth to just kind of like dumble around and just wait that something happens to me so I have to make a decision and this was when I did it and then afterwards somebody told me like oh you finished your job you're going without knowing what you do afterwards and I realized only at that point that it's true yeah I had no idea what I will do afterwards and it just kind of never occurred to me that I didn't have a plan B for me it was just in that moment it didn't work so a lot of people were just telling me afterwards like oh my god I admire you you have no plan afterwards and you're still doing that and it was a really very very precious and very high job I had. I mean, it was not just like a little job at the reception, what is not bad either, but it's just people were like, oh my God, you achieved all this and now you throw it away. And I'm like, yeah, yes. And I didn't feel bad at all. It was more like, I was really surprised how people think, how they live their lives. I was so surprised about it. And people admired me for this. And I was like, you can do this too. Nobody's holding you back. Yeah, but I think as, as the saying often goes, if you don't see it, you can't be it. And that's also on a, on a bigger scale, but on a smaller scale like this, people don't see it sometimes as an option because they don't see anybody else doing that. So you yeah. kind of setting the example yeah. there, hopefully also inspired some people to take more yeah, ownership some, over they do. Some, I have to say some people afterwards 
quit their job too at the same area. I mean, some things changed afterwards for a little while. <laughs> Not saying that it was me, but it just was, it was a very interesting experience for me because I was not aware that people live like that. My, my fault at one point. <laughs> no, but what I also liked is the fact that you uh, didn't, in, in quotation marks, quit right away, but you rather saw a situation that wasn't working, tried first actively to do something to change it. You know, you went to them and were like, hey, mm -hmm. I need things to make this work. And only when they said like, no, we can't give that to you, then you were like, okay, but then I have to change something. But it wasn't yeah. like an immediate like, oh, this is not working. I'm going to leave it. It was more like I'm trying to do the best I can here and trying to fix it so it works for everybody. Yes. But if that's not an option, then the yeah. next one is, of course, then something else. Yeah. And I have to say, just to add on it, then I did this very blunt move and then they said, oh, okay, good. But we would like to give you a project with you as a consultant. So this was then my start into the freelancer and self-employment area where I always wanted to go. So I kind of like jumped, okay, in surfing, you say dropped in and then suddenly the wave, I could rave the, ride the wave I always wanted to ride. I would have never done my self-employment without this project they gave me after leaving. So that was like the start into my action communication PR uh, work. What is It's a gift. I, I'm very thankful to them. Yeah, I think that's also an interesting point because a lot of people think when I start a new chapter in their lives in some way, it's it's like, oh, I have to burn the bridges to everything that happened yes. before. And it's yes. very often not true. It's like, you know, you can transition and find connections that make sense yeah. so that, you know, it works and it doesn't just like cut you off completely from what you used to do and be. Yeah, yeah, it was a very interesting time in my life. It was kind of one door closed and a lot of opened again. And it was really beautiful to see. And actually, that brings me to the next thing, though, because you were saying you're not so attached in that sense to, to maybe things or, or yeah. careers or titles or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that was also an interesting choice that you said that after your husband ended your marriage that yeah. you decided to just sell everything and, and, and move and learn to surf and do all these mm -hmm. things. Where did that feeling come from rather than saying, oh, in this not so easy time, I'm going to rather go back to the things I'm familiar with and, you know, have the people I have instead say, hey, no, I'm going to try something completely new and going to see where that goes. That's an interesting question. Where does that come from? I think I always wanted to follow my heart. That's, I think this is how I am. I always wanted to follow my heart and I, not, I didn't do it always. I'm not saying that I did it always. But when I was a child already, my mom didn't let me do ballet. She said I should be a strong woman, a strong girl, and ballet is nothing for strong women. And I loved ballet. I wanted to be a dancer. So with 11 years old, and I was a very shy girl, I called the ballet school in my town and registered by myself with 11 years old. I'm like, I want to go there. And I called them and asked them for the timings and everything. And then at the end, my mom supported it by paying it. But I was the one who made this move. I was with 11 years already like, I want to do this. So I think for me, it's always what does my heart want? What is my heart really here for? And that's the same thing what happened when my ex-husband finished the relationship. It was a shock for me. But I also thought like, okay, this is a chance now to not do the same mistakes again I did before. And so I'm like, hey, what do I love? And I love the ocean. I started surfing when it all happened. I'm not a good surfer. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I enjoy it. And when you surf, you can just be in the moment. You have nothing else you have to think about. 
So this was my therapy. And then suddenly through this surfing, going everyday surfing, I realized things I didn't realize before. I was just like, hey, why do I have all these things? I never miss them. I never miss any of this. And so it's more like a, my drive is what does my heart want? And um, I'm not always very good listening to it. So there was this possibility where I could listen to it while doing the surf. And I think this is my way of doing things. It's like really like life puts me back into like, hey, what are you doing here? And then I'm like suddenly like, yeah, what am I doing here? And then suddenly I kind of like follow my heart again. That's the perfect transition. <laughs> um, no, but following your heart, I think that that's a big key piece of your story, which has been both, both in yeah. your career and in your personal life. How did, maybe let's, let's back up to the beginning of that story. How mm -hmm. did you go from, so you've built a new life at the ocean. Um, you found a new career, you surf, you're, you write, you have yoga, you have all these parts in your life. How did you come to the U.S. and Hawaii? Yeah, that's a very long story, but I <laughs> cut it short. <laughs> I was uh, working for an amazing project. It's called the Solar Impulse. It's the first plane who flew around the world with solar energy. And that's also something I always, my heart always wanted to do. And I made sure that I go there and do it. So I was hired by them to do the whole press work, press media relations. And we flew around the world, not in the solar plane, but as a, as a team in the following team. At one point, we were in Hawaii with this plane and we had to stay there for two, three months. And I fell in love with Hawaii. I, this is when also my husband left me and I was just like surfing every day. Everybody in the team knew Elizabeth. You can find her in the evening at the beach surfing or trying to surf. And then we finished this tour around the world in, in Abu Dhabi where we had started it. And it was very, very successful and was amazing project i mean i could do a different story about that one again it was crazy pushing my my limits over my limits it was really really crazy beautiful and crazy and then i was just kind of like after that i'm like what do i do now and then i said hey you never did really holidays by yourself and you love hawaii let's go back to hawaii and let's just relax a little bit and consider the next steps and then i went to hawaii and that was after the project and i met my husband who i i'm now married to and we fell in love and i i was like hey i want to come back to Hawaii and I went back to Hawaii on my visa with Solar Impulse what was totally legal and I spent there six months there I came through the Solar Impulse to Hawaii and kind of like went back and met my my love of my life Then. And so far, that's a it's a beautiful story. It's a fairy tale story, yeah. so to say. But I, I love the fact that it was first about you kind of doing your self-discovery and finding your place and your adventure, so to say. And then this new person came into the picture and it was great until yes. <laughs> something happened. So. And I want to go much more into how you dealt with it and how you've been uh, reacting now and how you, you know, refocused how you think about it. But maybe just to have the facts straight as what happened that kind of interrupted this, this storyline. Yes. So yeah, everything was perfect. I mean, perfect in the sense that I kind of had the feeling I arrived somewhere. What is not always my yeah my feeling in my life. So I had the feeling I arrived here in Hawaii. And then my visa 
was finished and I wanted to be really, um, I didn't want to overstay my visa or do something wrong. So I said, okay, I go two weeks out of the country and then I come back and then I have a renewed visa and I can stay another half a year and then I want to file for the green card. So very beautiful idea. And I did this. I went to see my sister in New Zealand and then came back. And when I came back into the country in Hawaii, they asked me a lot of questions and they said, um, no, that doesn't work like this. Um, we, we have the feeling that you, are, you want to work here in Hawaii as a yoga teacher. And um, this is when I got then deported or taken out of the country. So, um, and they didn't let me get in. I had to wait a long time at the immigration. They didn't tell me anything. They just said, yes, we, we don't know what to do with you. Then after six, seven hours, they told me, um, yeah, we have to put you in, in a place where you stay overnight. And I didn't have any contact to anybody. No rights. You don't have any rights at that point. And then they took me into handcuffs. And I was just like, what's happening here? And they're like, yeah, that's the rules. And then they brought me actually into prison. And this is because in America, you don't have any transfer place. There's no transfer area. When you arrive in America, you are in America. You don't have like a transfer area where you can wait until you get into the country. So then I was in prison for one night in a two-person cell in a highly secure women's prison. I had to wear all the prison clothes. I was treated like a prisoner. I was treated like a criminal. No difference to anybody else. And then the next day, they took me out. I got my ticket and I didn't know at that point either where I would go. And they said, oh, you fly back to Sydney. This is where you came from. And this is where we fly you back to. Nothing explained, really. Nobody really telling me anything. I got a little bit yeah, stressed then. I was, you know, I was understandably stressed by then. Yeah. <laughs> I was stressed by then already, but I kind of kept cool. And it's interesting. I, this is, was the first time when I got really, really angry. I'm like, hey, where's my stuff? Where are my things? And they put them all into the uh, hold. So I didn't have anything on me to go into the airplane. And this is where I first where it kind of went really aggressive a little bit. And then they said, okay, if you get this aggressive, the pilot doesn't want to take you. So I had to calm down and there was this stewardess who was really nice with me and she explained me the first time what's happening and I'm like okay so I went into the and they flew me back to Sydney and this is when the first time and I could talk to my boyfriend to my sister and kind of like see the whole situation so I have a five-year ban from America I can't go back there and that is now two years ago happened and it was actually just after Easter 2017. So exactly two years now and I can't even imagine it's the whole situation in itself not only I think especially the not being told and not understanding and being put mm -hmm. in situations that you don't have any control or yeah. say in, so to say, that's extremely difficult. And especially when you've done nothing wrong in that sense and you were yeah. you were not planning to do something and it no. got stopped in that sense. It was like that was you were just trying to visit the person you love and that was mm -hmm. it. And uh, it got completely spun into something very different. So yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely understand that that was a very difficult story. And I can also understand, I think anybody listening can completely understand that in that moment you're very upset and you you absolutely have the right to get angry and all these things yeah i mean i would say i would i was shocked i was shocked in that moment 
So what did you do with that after? I mean, you've had this ordeal where, as you said, you're in shock. You don't know what to do. You're just like feeling all the emotions, but have yeah. no way to kind of react really in a in a thoughtful manner. So you get back to Sydney. You're with your sister. How did you go through processing this and kind of readjusting? Because you had a plan of what you wanted to do and that kind of got changed drastically. How did you readjust there? I flew back to Germany after, I mean, I wanted to go back to New Zealand and in New Zealand, you can't come in either if you are deported from America. So I, I came into the same situation again in New Zealand. So in New Zealand, I was also like kept in a transfer zone. I couldn't go into New Zealand. I'm banned also from New Zealand because that's the thing I want to tell anybody. If you are ever been banned from America, you are banned also from New Zealand, Australia, UK and Canada. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, so I was not aware of that. So anyway, just to make this whole like thing like a little bit bigger, even than it was, I was just like, oh my God, really? Really? And I went back at the end to Munich to my other sister and kind of arrived there. So back to your question, how I dealt with this. I mean, first I was, I think I didn't realize really what happened until like a few weeks after when I was back in Switzerland living with some friends and I realized that um, I was paralyzed, shocked. And then I realized suddenly like, hey, this is now a chance to change something again. You know, the life, it's nobody's fault in something. And I have my husband, my now husband, Eric, he has two kids, two boys. And I didn't want to tell them, hey, these are the bad guys and I'm the good guy. I don't want to spread this in the in world anymore. I don't want to finger point and say, oh, I don't want to spread hate. So I'm like, hey, better I have to now deal with it in a different way so I can really tell them this in such a way that they learn something from it. They, they don't like say, oh, America is shitty and, and Elizabeth is great and there are bad guys and good guys. This is, I didn't want that to be happening. So this was my first like start thinking about it. Like, hey, I want to tell them the story, how that it really happened. It was a mistake. I also have a part in this. I should have listened to other people telling me, hey, you should be careful coming back or, you know, you should be careful. Like there's, I read this on the internet. I mean, I'm not naive. Yeah. I know what things can happen. I heard about these stories in America, but I didn't think that it would happen with me. I thought like, hey, these are criminals they are after. So that was the first step. Like, I'm like, what do I want to teach to children about this story? And I don't want that this is a hateful story. So I also, I had an, a lawyer and this lawyer wrote a story about me to the immigration people. And this story sounded really great. It was a story about a very successful PR expert who didn't want to do anything else than have a good time in Hawaii and not work there, but have a good time there, relax from a, a long project. And I'm like, hey, I want to own this story. This is me. I am successful. I am this person. It's not somebody else. I am successful. I don't need to teach yoga. I don't need this. I need to really own this story. So I decided to own the story and really become again with my, my action communication, get really great clients. And this is what I did. I owned this story that I'm a successful PR expert, loving yoga and having just finished a really worldwide successful project. So these two things stopped me of becoming a victim of this whole story. We're all busy with a capital B nowadays. I know I am. 
But even if I'm running around between work, events, and meeting friends, I still don't want to miss out on yummy and healthy home-cooked meals. One thing I hate though, deciding on what to cook and going food shopping. That is, I used to until I discovered HelloFresh. They deliver me weekly cook boxes with all the ingredients already portioned to make delicious meals. Problem solved. If you want to try them out and save some time to focus on the important things, I've got a coupon for you to get 20% off your first box. Just head to leadingrebels.com HelloFresh. Plus, by using my link, you'll also be inviting me to a meal. So thanks in advance. Again, that's leadingrebels.com HelloFresh. Now let's dive back into today's episode. So would you say was because then, as you said, you were you were back in Switzerland with friends and then you had to build a new life in that sense. So what what does your life you kind of touched up it earlier, but what does your life look today that you've built since those two years? Yeah, so I sold all my belongings at that time. I still had an still storage, so I sold them all. I lived um, 13 years in Switzerland. Switzerland is kind of my home base. And I suddenly realized, hey, I can't anymore be in this treadmill of working the whole day for another company and trying to have the best clothes and the best shoes. That's not my thing anymore. And I loved Hawaii and I really still love Hawaii and I really want to be back there. So I was talking to my husband or to Eric at the time, my boyfriend, and we we're like, where could we meet up? where it's surf, where I can live, where we can kind of start a new life together. And we found Portugal. And we went the first time together two years ago to Lisbon. If you have never been to Lisbon, go to Lisbon. Lisbon is amazing. We fell totally in love with Lisbon. And then we went north a little bit to Peniche. And it's a very famous surfing spot. Also, the world tour is here in October every year. And it's very, very relaxed atmosphere here. So that was the first time when I'm like, oh, maybe one day I will live here. Maybe one day this is a good place, kind of like a good compromise between Switzerland and Hawaii. And I had then sold all my belongings last year. And I said, then let's get a van. And we bought a little used van and we drove together all my belongings down to Portugal here. And since then I live in furnished apartments or sometimes even I just live in my in my van. And that's it. This is where I am now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, the nomad lifestyle is definitely a beautiful one. And what I love about your story, especially, is what you said towards the end of it, that you decided to own the narrative, to mm. not become a victim of, of what happened to you, to also say, hey, I had a part in this and it wasn't that there was bad people on the other side or anything like that like you know <laughs> life happens <laughs> in that sense yes. sometimes in not so positive ways but it's still about not saying that life happens to you but you're a part of it and you can also then change and decide where it goes and I also love that that's kind of what you're doing now uh, professionally as well so yeah. do you want to maybe share a little bit what you're doing uh, with action communication to have yes. other people get their stories yeah. heard in their way so I have through Solar Impulse worldwide contacts to any media in the world. And I love inspiration and innovative ideas and uh, pioneering ideas. And I have decided I want to support startups 
oh, I do this already. I have really great clients who do incredible things. And mostly startups, there are these ex experts who know a lot about a certain topic, but nobody knows about them. And they have great ideas and already realized some ideas of them and nobody knows about it. So I am the one who wants to be the voice or I am the voice for these innovative projects that the media knows about it. And then through the media, a lot of people know about it and it helps them to fundraise to get some more money, some more support from different areas. So yeah, this is my my aim in life right now. And then on the other hand, I love, I want to support people by living their life. And this is my other part where I offer this yoga retreats where you really can come. And I have always, so the whole 16 last years, yoga always followed me. And yoga is for me something what always brings him back to the mother earth and says, here we are, <laughs> let's work on this. And it helps me always to kind of like recenter me and through meditation and yoga and visualization, I can help people to find their own wishes, their heartfelt wishes and follow them. And this is what I would like to support people with. That's great. And, you know, I definitely agree that yoga is a great thing. And, and you know, I'm also in media communication. So having stories heard is also super important. What are resources would you recommend to the rebels listening? Um, books, podcasts, anything that could inspire them to be the rebels in their own lives and do things by their own rules? The first book I want to recommend, and I think everybody knows it already, but just reread it all the time. I'm reading it all the time again and again. It's The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. It's the first book I read like maybe 25 years ago or something like God, but who really like made like bang. Oh yeah, something, there is something you have to follow your path and At the end, it's inside of you. It's in you. The treasures are there just inside you. And I think that's a very powerful book to, to understand that we are looking always outside and want to find the treasures outside. But at the end, it's inside of you and it was always there. That's one. And then the other one, what I just re read recently, it's In the Magic Shop. It's a true story about a neurosurgeon who tells his story about how he always followed his path and but kind of forgot about his heart in the middle kind of like it was very successful and then kind of suddenly lost everything lost everything and he understood hey I did everything by the book. I got very successful but I kind of forgot about what my heart really wants and he's the founder of the compassion Institute and what he does with the Dalai Lama and it's a really really inspiring book to kind of like not forget about your heart so put your mind your rational and your heart together i love that one and then i have this blog i can really really uh, recommend it's about also somebody who left everything behind a high paid well paid career as a lawyer and moved to new zealand to become an artist and it's very inspirational for me to always read her insights into this and it's uh, life is now not DE, it's also in English. And that one is also very inspirational for me all the time. And there are much more other things I would also say. Green, a movie I can always recommend is Green Fried Tomatoes. It's a very old movie and it's about a woman who always like lives her own dreams or kind of like pushes through boundaries. And in the 1930s in America, very powerful movie I, I loved since I was a child and I always like think about her when I'm not feeling safe or not feeling sure. I'm like, hey, 
that's so powerful. You feel so powerful when you do what you really like to do. I'll definitely include uh, the links and the names and everything in the show notes as well. So yeah. you listeners can get those. Where can listeners actually find you if they want to find more about you, maybe uh, work with you or go on one of the yoga retreats? What's the best place to reach you? Fantastic. I am for PR support under actioncommunicationforyou.com. The four is a number. Um, it's my website. And then on Facebook, you can go Magic Yoga Retreats. And this is where I offer my uh, yoga retreats. It's in September, one in Portugal, and in October, one in south of Italy. And that one is for families also. So if somebody has children, they can, they're more than welcome to come there and also become rebels or show the rebels side. Mm. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and then on, on Instagram, Magic Elizabeth, I write a lot of inspirational texts for people to kind of like have a little think and I'm on LinkedIn under Elizabeth Ippel and I'm also on Twitter and all the social media under Elizabeth Ippel if somebody wants to connect or ask question about my story or anything. Perfect. I'll definitely add those in as well. And now as our final question, so to say, to round things up, you've definitely shown through your story that you've Time and time again, from you know quitting your job to after the end of your first marriage to the experience with the deportation from the U.S., had to redefine your life and had to find your own definition of how you wanted to look like and what success is. How did your life change when you started doing these things? I mean, as I said, you also did it when you were 11 already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But when you became made these bigger moves, how did your life change when you started to create your own rules? The thing is this, when you start, and I think everybody knows this, when you stand up for yourself, sometimes you may be a little bit nervous. You're like, oh, should I really do this? What will they think about it? And then you do it and suddenly you realize, actually, they needed that too. They needed that. They are very normally supportive of it. So you kind of feel really free afterwards. And I always felt after these big changes, big decisions. And where I stood up for myself, I'm like, I'm leaving Switzerland, the safety of Switzerland. I'm going to a country where I don't know what will happen there. It was very scary. But on the other hand, I felt very free and very powerful suddenly. Very, I had things under control, what I can control. And also there are people who are always like, oh, what are you doing? So what changed in my life is suddenly people left my life, new people came into my life and very, very rich, enriching situations, experiences came into my life, things I would have thought never possible before, before doing this decision. So it always was very nourishing to do a step like this, always new people, new experiences, new inspirations, and even if it's sometimes hard, but I would say it always became a very nourishing experience afterwards. Perfect. Great to end on that. And maybe to everybody listening, I think you should definitely take Elizabeth's advice or no, better said her, her example that she's shown herself of looking at your life story and seeing if things that you've let define you that have happened to you, you maybe want to reframe along the lines of that you had agency in those and define them and tell the story how you want to tell it. So thanks so much, Elizabeth, for the great conversation. And I can't wait to see what else is going to happen in the, in the next few years. And definitely looking forward to all the projects that you're working on and the retreats. I think it looks like a beautiful full life. And I think it's definitely, I love the fact that you've turned it into such a positive direction. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Great pleasure.
Love today's episode? Spread the love. Screenshot today's episode and share that you're tuning in on social media to inspire more women to be a leading rebel in their life. And make sure to tag me so I can send you a personal thank you. All the Leading Rebel social media links are in the show notes. Until next time.